What's up, everybody? And of course, we are back for another episode of 4D, in which we talk about our beloved Dallas Cowboys. We talk about the Doomsday Defense, which we might have this year. And of course, we talk about the draft, because who doesn't love the draft? And with that, welcome back. And what's up, Joseph? How you doing? Good, good, man. How you doing? Oh, busy. I was training last week. So uh, um, for my regular job, I was we were training some veterans to be volunteers to run events and do some other stuff. So I was indisposed for most of last week. But we're here. It's uh, the doldrums of summer when it comes to the football talk. And um, I know you and I had talked a little bit before we really jump into it. We had talked about what we were going to talk about. And, and it's funny, you know, mo- most guys that we talk to, so we, we, Joe and Joseph and I are in a chat group with, with some other content creators. And it's funny as, as you listen to how people, how the conversations go at, like this time of the year, we talk about pretty much everything, but football, right? <laughs> like we're talking NBA free agency. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're, we're talking bow hunting. Um, we're talking NASCAR. I mean, radio like, shack. Radio Shack, because who knew they were transforming to cryptocurrency and their their Twitter their, uh, wild. Their social media, tw- <laughs> their Twitter pivot is a little crazy, right? <laughs> um, but apparently, it's an it, it's on purpose. So for those who haven't checked it out, be ready, yeah, and be warned. Um, and before we get into it, also by the way, I am fi- finally finishing Breaking Bad. I watched the first three seasons, never got the last two. My wife has never seen it, and we're on season five, so that's kind of what I'm watching right now. Um, and then going back to finish the boys, of course. But yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so let, let's just, I guess, jump straight into the the conversation that seems to be taking Twitter by storm, or, or somewhat by storm. And of course, that is the ever popular, the one, the only Tony Pollard. Yeah. Look, we did Paul last time. I know we weren't going to talk about him this time, but like, I do want to say for those out there who kind of think that, you know, Pollard's, I think Pollard can serve a Debo Samuel role. Yeah. I'm not saying he will be Debo Samuel. I just wanted to say if they can use him in the slot and they can get him more touches then you don't need to go out and sign him, which actually brings us to the real topic. <laughs> we have money. <laughs> I brought that up in an article this week, and people immediately, one of the first names that came up, which is why I brought Pollard, was Debo Samuel. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and my initial response is you have Debo. Essentially, you have Debo, right? Like you, you have that yeah, versatile kind player, of. Yeah. Right, running back, you can line him up outside. He maybe not outside, outside, but you can line him up in the slot. You know, uh, maybe you can get a mismatch outside if you move him around right. But the salary cap, you know, look, they have twenty million dollars right now, about twenty million dollars. Stephen Jones, Jerry Jones, constantly tell us roster building is a twenty-four-seven-three-sixty-five job. And look, I'm not saying what's sitting out there right now is world beaters. But if you are serious about 
building the roster as you say you are, then you should there should be at least rumors linked to you, right? There there should be like, oh, this they they've had him in for a visit even, and there's none of that. Yeah. Right. So, what are we waiting for? Mike, not to be trite, um, kind of joked that we were waiting for the ninety first player cuts. You know, after everybody said we were waiting for the post June one cuts, and yet here we still are. Yeah. What exactly are we waiting for? We're not. I mean, I I read your article, great article. If you haven't read it, please go Sports DFW and check out the articles. It's very it's very educating and it's a little frightening. Um, my thing is, what I responded is that we're not waiting, Jerry. I mean, Stephen Jones is hoarding it. He's, that's my money. There's no need to go and spend that money on anybody. It's his money, and that's how he sees it. He is one, I don't want to say the most frugal because there are some owners in other sports, especially, who are extremely frugal. But he is very frugal. He might be one of, if not the most frugal owners in the NFL. Like he just does not like to spend money. And for the most valuable franchise in the world, not even just like football, the sports franchise, the most valuable sports franchise, he does not like to spend money. And it's, it's the polar opposite of 90s Jerry. And I don't think we're waiting on anything. I think that Mike might be correct that we're just going to go into camp. We're going to see what we have. If we have an injury, if something's really not working out, then, hey, we'll pick up somebody that gets cut on what on, on, from another team's training camp, you know, we can fill bodies that way. And that's, that's his mindset. And where's the cheap veteran guy that I can get and bring in and fill a spot. That's, that is Stephen Jones dollar general shopping right there. Well, and look, you know, one of the, one of the points somebody brought up was that some of these veteran guys don't really want to do training camp. They're going to wait as long as they can before they sign somewhere. Okay, I, you know what? I, I buy that for some of them, but there's enough players out there yeah. that not every one of them it feels that way. No, right? Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, that's not every single one of them. It's a it's a select few. Right. So that's that's one. Number two, the second point that was brought up was that you know they're already I what ten million dollars over next year, um, which is nothing. Which is nothing, you know, and, and there's you know, we still don't know what the salary cap even looks like next year, yeah. right? Like we know the Amazon thing is coming. We know it's about to explode. It's already starting too slowly. It was a little higher than expected this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, so even if you, ca- even if you carry that 20 million over, it's still only a 10 million, do- it's a $10 million. Either way you look at it, you either spend that, that 10 million now, or you spend it later. Yeah. And so what they've done is, is even if they go into next year and say, we're going to save it for next year, what have they shown us in the last decade, really, that they're willing to go in and get a player with that money? No, what they're going to be willing to do is go in and get two players for that money, one of which with probably an injury history that they're hoping is a is a draft diamond type of a guy, you know, like the find, right? Yeah. Or the second possibility is going to be a guy who's, probably had one good season has kind of been a middle of the pack guy that they're hoping they can pull that one good season back out of. Um, 
and maybe they can. Like it's it's happened. I mean, Jaron Curse is a great example. I mean, they that was a a value signing <clears throat> that ended up working very, very, very well for them. Yes. But on the converse side, Keanu Neal was supposed to be what Jaron Curse is, <laughs> and didn't work out at all. Yeah. Right. So same with Casey. Same with Casey, right? Like they're they've had a they've had more than one of these. I mean, let's let's not even talk about a couple of the cornerbacks they've brought in over the couple last couple of years, right? I mean, no awful. Yeah, just just terrible, right? So, what we're, I, I don't I don't know that they're necessarily waiting for anything. We are we are all waiting for yeah. something to happen, Definitely. but for them, you know. I think what they're they're hoping, honestly, is they roll into training camp and some of these rookies and unproven guys and some of these these really value signings that they have are all better than they expect. And if they're not, to your point, that's when they'll address something. Yeah. They, they are way more reactive than proactive. 100%. They are, let's see how it, it shakes out and then we'll address it when it shakes out and we'll see what's left in the tree because, you know, imagine a little free agency tree and there's, there's players and you got to pick them out and make sure they're good and everything like that. Well, we're going to the tree very late after it's already been picked clean. So we don't necessarily aren't going to get the best pickings. And there's a reason why these guys aren't signed. And like you said, it's not just because they don't want to play. They don't want to do training camp. You know, there's some serious questions about all the guys left. Now, is there some talent out there? Yeah, there's some talent out there. But there's also reasons why they're not signed right now and on a football team. Because if they're good, they're probably going to be on the team right now. And, and it may not just be injury questions. I mean, look at somebody like Treader, right? J.C. Treader isn't signed mm-hmm. because nobody wants the NFLPA president on their roster. Like, yes. that's not even a secret. You can you can go search that. That is a mm-hmm. that is a common theme that we have heard of why he hasn't been signed. Um, I think what. Way back with Brandon Carr, I feel like they think they got burned in that deal. I think that was that was their thinking is they got burned. What they don't realize is is they expected Brandon Carr to fix everything. Yeah. And Brandon Carr was a solid player who gets Very a solid. really bad rep, considering the rest of the talent at the time that they were trying to throw out there. Yeah. And so it was this this we don't want to do that anymore and therefore we're going to do it our way and here we are you have stephen jones who we know is super frugal he has said in a d magazine article it is out there i i actually post this once in a while on my twitter you'll see it Um, i responded to it uh, uh where he actually says that he believes he and Charlotte will be more conservative when Jerry leaves because Jerry's the risk taker of the three of them. Now, if that is true, how much more conservative can they really be? I don't know. But if that is what he is saying, that is what he is saying. Like, yeah, it's here's the thing. Jerry Jones 
took some big risks in 2012. Mm-hmm. He, you, you mentioned the, the first one um, with Brandon Carr and signing Brandon Carr. First day of free agency, went out and signed him to a large contract. Five years, $50 million. It was like the highest ever for a cornerback at the time. And then on draft day, they traded up first and second to go get Morris Claiborne, who, while extremely talented and most people thought was going to be an amazing cornerback in this league, didn't work out. Sometimes that happens in the draft. And they missed. So they missed hugely, in their opinion, on the Brandon Carr contract. And then they missed hugely on trading up to go get Morris Claiborne. And I feel like that is when we have this, the turning, the start of the turning point where Steven kind of like, you know what, I need to step in and I need to rein in all of these risks. And since then, you can see we haven't done anything. We haven't signed a single top name free agent since 2012. Not, well, not one. We bargained, have bargain shopped since 2012 the, the other name that's that we we rarely anybody ever mentions is is and i've brought it up i think i'm the only person to start bringing this up is adam prasvica right mm-hmm. i think that's how you say mm-hmm. his last name he is a the dallas cowboys cap specialist he was actually the guy that was initially um talking to randy gregory um we sometimes you'll see him on videos. If you ever see the videos where a con a player is signing a contract and you see that bald guy in the room and you're like, who the heck is that dude? That's Adam. Okay. He's the guy who does the player contracts. He's the guy who, who is the director of the salary cap essentially. And so you look, I, again, and I said this this week, he, you don't need to be an accountant to do the job. But his history has been, he's a mechanical engineer who gr- happened to graduate from Arkansas. Big surprise. Oh, really? Right? Yeah. Oh, gee. Hmm. Wonder, what, wonder what connection there is. Yeah, there. What, what connection is that? <laughs> right? So he graduates there. He was the equipment manager for the Arkansas football team. Now, granted, he's been with the Cowboys, I think, I think it's 18 years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, something like that. 16 years, 18 years, something like that. Um, and he's worked his way through player development um, and here he is now as the, the cap specialist, right? So if, if he and Steven are the two people working solely on these contracts, which according to even Jerry has said that really this is kind of Steven's baby, right? I mean, we've mm-hmm. heard him say very much that yes, final decision comes to me, but all, you know, he basically leaves Steven to, to do his thing. And, uh, if these two are together, like, is Adam a problem? And, and I, I ask that because we don't know how much more Adam is involved. We do know he's been involved in the Randy situation. We do know he's been involved with some other deals. We do know that he, he has been here a long time and we know the Jones love the family moniker. Is he a problem or is he just the guy who sits behind Steven and really is nothing more than that? Yeah, that's that's a good question. I mean, he could be a guy who's as well combined with Steven, very frugal, or he could be just a guy that Steven goes, hey, will these numbers work? And he goes, yes or no. <laughs> I really don't – you don't hear about him a lot. You know, you're one of the few people that Steven bring up his name. So I don't really 
it's hard to know his role. I know in the Randy situation, you know, he was working on the contract and he basically brought that final contract to them and they were like, yeah, good to go. But then the whole language in the contracts fiasco happened and stuff like that. But so I don't know how much exactly he has say in the decisions. If he's like, no, I'm not, I don't want to go that high on the cap. You know, I, I don't, I don't know how much he pulled, but if he is, if he has that kind of pull and he's like Steven where he's like, Hey, you know, we don't want to spend that much money, which is if he has a finance background, you know, that's, that's, that's what they do. Um, so it could be, we could be. He's a mechanical engineer. That's his background. He's a mechanical engineer. Yeah. (laughs) Mechanical. Yeah. So it it looks like, um, I don't want to say nepticism, but, uh, but you know, uh, man, it's just so frustrating how they, how they run the front office. And then we have a lot of people that back their front office. A lot of fans back their front office. And I know if you're listening, you back the front office, just, just be aware of these situations. Like when Jerry's gone, remember he's, he's old, he's getting up there. When Jerry's gone and Steven takes over full, like the main guy, he makes the final decisions. This might get a lot tighter ship than it is. It it even is now. Cause we know right now for sure that there are deals that Steven doesn't want to do that. Jerry said, no, we're doing it. If it was up to Steven Jones, Tank would not be on this team. Remember, Tank came to him with the contract, and he said, oh, no, no, no. My dad's going to hate that deal. We're not doing that. And then he took it to him, and Jerry was like, yeah, sign that dude. Pay them that money. And it's a great contract. Mm -hmm. So if Steven was making the final call, Tank is gone. Both times. Famously, we would never have had Deion Sanders. Yeah. So, Famously, right? Like they got into a shoving match over Deion Sanders because Steven didn't want to spend the money. It's yeah. been going on since then. This isn't new. His this isn't new. This is this is who he's always been. And always that should that should scare you. Honestly, that should scare you as a Cowboys fan because it can get a lot worse than it is right now. Yeah, and, and look, Steven was also best friends. Still is with with Jason Garrett. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, the whether you want to believe it, I'll put it that way. Whether you want to believe it or not, um, Stephen is why the Cowboys kept Garrett longer. Jerry wanted him gone earlier than he was released. He he actually was ready to move on from him. Kept him because Stephen wanted to keep him, and so it's this this conservative theme that we have heard throughout right and the way they run that front office to your point is very um you know quote-unquote family right it's it's a lot of nepotism a lot of favorites they play a lot of favorites up there yep you know and, and i brought up the jason garrett thing because you know now we have mike mccarthy who Jerry basically wooed himself, right? We know this famously. They, you know, they basically had a little camp out in Jerry's living room with a little tent or something, or made a pillow for it. I don't know, right? It, what do do you think? In all honesty, Mike McCarthy really is on the hot seat. Do you think you know Stephen is trying to push him out in lieu of Sean Payton or 
Dan Quinn? Is that a Jerry thing? And if so, what would it take for the, the front office to say, Mike, you're staying? Yeah, I think Mike McCarthy is definitely on the hot seat. Um, and I think it's going to take an NFC championship game, at least, in my opinion, to have him stay. Uh, if you just look at if you just look at it, my issue with Mike McCarthy is he, he said it. He's came out and said it. Dan Quinn runs the defense. Those are Dan Quinn's decisions. That's what Dan Quinn does. Kellen Moore runs the offense. Those are Kellen Moore's decisions. He makes he makes the calls. Uh, they asked him about the offense struggling. He basically said, oh, that's Kellen Moore. That's all on Kevin Kellen Moore. Um, we also know that John Bones, he runs the special teams, and he makes those calls. When we had that roughing the passer, a roughing the punter penalty against Sandy and, and Los Angeles against the Chargers, he basically said, hey, John Bones makes those calls. Fossil makes those calls. That's That's his domain. Okay, so you don't do anything on the offense. You don't do anything on the defense. You don't do anything on special teams. So what are you doing? You're getting the team ready, and you're managing the game. Well, we know his game, his time management skills are really bad. So it's not very – it doesn't look very pretty when you break it down like that for Mike McCarthy. Okay. So, so let me, let me, let's do a little historical thing here. Remember, Jason Garrett was running the offense Mm -hmm. and the front office essentially pulled that from him and said, you're Mm -hmm. done, you're done, you're done. Scott Lenahan, here's the offense, right? What we all hated it, but it, it happened, right? Yeah. Defense was the defensive coordinator, whomever that was at, at any given point in time. Yeah. What if, and, and I'm not saying this is true. What if this is the way they want it run? Which is, which is, which is fine. If that's the way they want it run fine. Well, when you have your responsibilities and you're not doing your responsibilities that well, then that's a, that's, that's an issue. Because if you have limited responsibilities of like getting the team ready and organizing everything and time managing the game, and you're not doing a good job with time management, that's a big issue for me. Sure, but but let's let's also be honest. The last what four coaches they've had, they've had this scenario. Yeah. Right. Like this isn't a new development for this team that the head coach just is kind of out there. I mean, it's what it's one of the reasons they were like, we're going to give Jason Garrett the head coaching position over Wade Phillips because Wade Phillips isn't really doing anything. Then they pull Jason Garrett in. Jason, they're like, Jason, sorry, we're taking the offense from you because it sucks or whatever. And we want you to focus on this. And guess what? He sucked at it. (laughs) And now here they are rolling. And look, even Parcells had his issues with it. One of the reasons he famously left is because they were trying to control both sides of the ball on him right like he was not happy with that they were forcing players that he didn't want they were granted probably should have forced some of them but i'm just saying this was this was the mo right that they 
they see their head coach almost like a like a figurehead. Yeah. And, and look, it, part of that is Jimmy Johnson. I love Jimmy, right? I, but some of that was because when you go back and look at how Jimmy was, he trusted his OC and mm-hmm. DC to make a lot of decisions yep. and make a lot and not saying he wasn't involved, but he really trusted those guys to kind of take the reins. Right. And it, they've tried to keep that all the way through. It's why they keep hiring this people that wow. used to play for them back in the, or our coach from them back in that time era. I am completely fine with having a figurehead head coach, a guy who manages everything, makes sure everybody's ducks are in a row and T, uh, T's across, I's dotted. I am perfectly fine with having that as a head coach. It can work. It really can work. But you've got when you have your responsibilities, you've got to do your job. And Mike McCarthy struggles with that. And then also the buck stops with you. You're the head coach. All right. So when we get knocked out of the playoffs and they ask Mike McCarthy about the offense struggling down the stretch and he throws his hands up and says, hey, that's Kellen Moore. That ain't me. That's Kellen Moore's offense. Like, that's an issue for me. That's when I that's when I lost complete faith in Mike McCarthy when he threw up his hands on Kellen Moore and basically said, hey, that's uh, that's his offense, not my offense. But he also may be just be reiterating what the front office is telling him. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not yeah, I'm yeah. I'm just playing devil's advocate here because I agree. I think if he wins a playoff game, he they're gonna try to figure out a way to keep him. That's just my feeling. When is his contract up? Has he got one or two more years left? Uh, I think he's got two, two? years left because okay, so yeah, that might essentially that first year was yeah, you that know, might get him. I, yeah, that first year was kind of rough because of cat going down and COVID right, and all that. Right, right, right. So, like, I I get it somewhat, but you know, people want to think Sean Payton's going to come. Look, I would love Sean Payton. I'm getting less and less convinced. By the, look, it, by the regardless, regardless if you want him, don't want him, it does. The first order of business is you're going to have to give up assets and a lot of assets in draft capital to even get him. Right. That's number one. Number two on that is, is are are the Saints going to allow it to happen to the Dallas Cowboys? They did. I, I don't before. know. They did. They did before. But remember, Miami just came in and tried and they said, absolutely not. So yeah. has anything changed? I don't know. I, I just they said no to Miami for one hundred million dollars, you know, for the deal for Sean. And look, Which the last is really stupid since he. Yeah, right. Like, but you know, they still own his contract. It's yep. just the way it works in the coaching realm. Like, you can't just take a year off and be like, oh, like you know, yeah, I'm free. Yeah, I'm free. Yeah. Like you, like the players can. Um, but you know, I the other part of the Sean Payton thing is he's going to TV, and look, we just saw it with Tony Romo. We we're seeing it with the Mannings. We're seeing it. TV money is a lot of money. A lot of money. And guess what you don't have to do if you're making that kind of money and a TV host. You don't have to put you don't have to put 24/7 365 on the clock trying to get a team ready to win a Super Bowl. 
look, and, and some people are built that way. I, in my younger days, I was probably built that way where I was like, nah, I'm going to prove you wrong, right? Like I'm going to do this so that I can show you, I can do this, man. Listen, I look, I'm an old dude. Now I, I'm looking at it. Like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take that money and sit my happy butt on the couch, right? Like y'all yeah. do you, I, I just, I, that's the other piece to this. So, you know, that's why I think there was a little bit of spin at the, at the early off season when they were just started hyping up Dan Quinn as kind of like the next big thing um, because I think they're hedging their bets. So you think it's NFC championship game. I think if they win a playoff game, either way, let's say neither happen or, or Mike's let go regardless. Does that mean Sean Payton? Does it mean Dan Quinn? Does it mean somebody else? I, I want to be Eric Bieniemy, but I'm going to leave it there on that one. Eric Bieniemy, I think, would be a good decision. Um, I think that Jerry Jones will do everything in his power to get Sean Payton to come coach the Cowboys. If let's say Mike McCarthy's gone, I think Jerry Jones will do everything in his power to do that. If he cannot, then I think that they'll uh, approach Dan Quinn about the job, which. I'm not thrilled about. Um, look, I get it. I know Dan Quinn is the golden boy right now for the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas Cowboys nation. I, I get it. Like he can do no wrong because. Oh, it's Jason Garrett. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. When, uh, and back in 2007. Yeah, you're right. But like he had a great year. I love it. I'm excited about the defense coming up this year. Um, I think Dan Quinn is one of the best defensive coordinators in the league. Defensive coordinator, though. I'm not sold on him as a head coach because that's a completely different responsibility. I'm not completely sold on, you know, him drafting and developing anybody like Cowboys Nation seems to believe, as I tweeted this out. Like, just, be, you know, we, you, you question somebody – that we drafted and a certain somebody that we drafted and the immediate response has been, well, I trust Dan Quinn. Why? If you look at his track record, he doesn't have a very great track record with early round picks and developing them. He has a really good track record with later round picks and developing them, but not so much the first couple rounds. So just blindly saying, Oh, Dan Quinn's got it. He can do no wrong. I'm not sold on that, but I do really like Dan Quinn as a defense coordinator. And I hope we keep him. Um, so that's kind of my, my thought process is they're going to go. Jerry is going to push that. He's going to make the decision and go hard off Sean Payton because we all know Jerry for years has wanted Sean Payton to be his head coach. And he regrets to this day, letting Sean Payton go to uh, New Orleans. And what a player that was. Jason, you chose Jason over Sean, like, well, 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 essentially. The problem, well, yeah, well, the problem was, is that we had um, Bill Parcells and Bill Parcells mm-hmm. was still the head coach and he was going to coach again the next year and Sean Payton wanted to be a head coach. So they, he let, he left and went to, and then the very next year after the next season, Parcells retires and we're stuck and we have to go find a new coach and build it. Wayne Phillips. And they already <laughs> filled Jason Garrett as the OC. Like, yes, hey, you're your head coach, but we've already hired your OC. That's a great decision. Which they did again. <laughs> Kellen yes. Moore's your OC. Sorry, 
Mike. And look, I like yeah. Kellen. I don't know if Kellen's an option for them at head coach. I hope he isn't. I, I think it's too early for him. I, I think it might be a little too early for him as a full head coach. I agree. Um, you know, I again, I, I think Eric Bianami deserves a shot somewhere. Yeah. I would love for it to be here. Um, if it, if that were the case, but you know, Dan Quinn's probably the, the most logical answer. I, I think he's the most logical, tangible no, answer yeah. right off the bat, because again, you, you got to send picks and there's a whole bunch of stuff that has to happen before you even sit down with Sean. There is a whole bunch of other things that need to happen. He has to yeah. want to, he has to walk away from TV. You got to give up draft capital. You got to get permission. You got to get, you got to get a whole bunch of stuff to happen. Yeah. So logically the, the easiest answer is Dan Quinn. Right. Um, and we know that they really like Dan Quinn. So, yeah. you know, I, I think Mike could be safe if they have a, a good season. And I, when I say good season, they, is they go in you know, maybe they have a first round buy and then they, they win a game or they don't have a buy and they win a game. The next game's super close and maybe it comes down to a field goal or something crazy. You know, I think that that saves Mike for another season, um, you know, and then it could, that could work in their favor. Maybe they, they turn to Sean and say, how are you liking the TV thing? Yeah. Right. Cause, cause now he's done it for a year. They could be like, Hey, listen, after your second year, if you're not a big fan, you know, it might play in their favor. I don't know. Um, but it's a fun topic to, to talk about right now because there's not a lot going on. Yeah. Um, you know, and so we're all waiting for training camp. And that's when all the discussion will happen. So in it to maybe preface all of that, what is who is one player in your mind that could be a really surprise cut? throughout training camp that we could all look at and go, huh, kind of didn't see that coming. Who's your guy? I've mentioned this a couple times on, um, on different things and not every, pretty much nobody's on board with me, but my surprise cut could possibly be Tyler Biotish. And the reason I say that is because they've already declared his position an open battle in training camp with Farniak, and then they they signed two undrafted free agents at the center position in Lindstrom and Epsi. And I really like Farniak, and I really like Lindstrom. And I think that if Farniak and Lindstrom who are both one's a seventh round pick from last year. And one is a undrafted free agent from this year. A lot of people had him like a right around a fifth or sixth round. Some a lot of people had him somewhere towards the later half of the draft. So it was a little bit surprised that he went undrafted undrafted. Very much so. Um, So if they can come out to camp and they can play just as well or better than Tyler Biotish. And we know we know Stephen Jones in that cap and he's sitting there looking at the numbers of what Tyler Biotis now granted Tyler Biotis isn't costing a ton. He's a fourth round pick. It's not a ton, but it's more than a seventh round pick and an undrafted free agent. And you're like, wow, I can have these, both these players for less money than Tyler Biotis. Because where else would you put Tyler Biotis? 
I don't think he's going to play guard. He's not going to play tackle. They're not turning so, into a long snapper. <laughs> and yeah, they're not going to they're not going to carry three centers. So that's my surprise. If he goes out there and he gets outplayed by these guys, don't be surprised if Tyler Biotis is on the chopping block. Well, wow. Well, all right, all right. I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll buy that one. I I think. I think I got, I kind of go back and forth and I think, you know, James Washington is, is a, is a possibility. Now, look, the Michael Gallup injury certainly doesn't help that my case in this, right? Like yeah. <laughs> they're going to need wide receivers, but you know, if, if they get to training camp and they are using Pollard more in the slot and it's apparent that that is the push and you have lamb looking like he, some many think he can be mm-hmm. right. Like this this dynamic outside wide receiver you have your rookie who uh, and Jalen Tolbert who you really like who, mm-hmm. who you liked in in you know mini camp you have last year's Simi Fajoko right you may not need that and to your point with the money it, let it walk and you're fine it, it's money saved for this year if you really did want to do anything and and you got a little bit of a cushion for next year, if that's also your thing, you know? So I, I, I honestly, he has an injury right now, um, mm-hmm. you know, so we don't know kind of where that's sitting. And if, if they believe the way they believe on some of these players, like we're hearing, I think James Washington is a very possible cut, um, you know, especially if they hear Gallup it, is only going to miss two weeks instead of four or five, you know, as we get closer to that, because it could be as early as two weeks or it could be four to six, right? Like that's still, that's still a little out there. Most believe he's going to come back earlier. Most believe that, but you don't really know. They could hold him out longer. Something could backfire on it. There's a whole bunch of scenarios, right? So, if they think, okay, Gallup has progressed further than we thought he would, he'll be back by week three. And you really like Tolbert, Fajoko's holding it down enough, you're using Pollard, guess what? Who's that leave the man out to save a little money? That's eh, no sweat off their back. Yeah, and a lot of people are liking what TJ Vasher has done and stepped up and did. In, in many yeah, I didn't even mention Vasher. Yeah. Um, when... Uh, you know, a lot of these guys were out due to injuries and stuff like that. Um, Tolbert was out for a little bit. Uh, Washington has been out. And basically, Vasher has been the guy who a lot of people said has stepped up and has played really well in mini camps. If you can translate that to training camp, you might have another um, guy. A lot of people like him a lot because he has, what is he, 6'5", six, 6'6"? Six, six? Very Yeah, I think tall. he's 6'5". Yeah, I think he's 6'5". So he has the length, you know, and so... You know, if he can develop good, um, then yeah, maybe you're right. Another guy that we I want to want to mention on this is is Dante Fowler, another guy we brought in, a uh, free agent that we brought in. That uh, honestly, I don't see the fit with us, but you know, he has a connection to Dan Quinn in Atlanta, with a, where he played there for a year with Dan Quinn, um, even though it was not a good year for him. Uh, so there is that connection, but man. I just doing the numbers, crunching the numbers. He's one of my, he's like my last defense end, to be honest with you. So I'm yeah, not 100% I, sold on him making the team. 
I, I think the thing they like about him just in, in general is that he's a veteran at a position that they just lost their veteran at. Yeah. Right. And, and, and look, I, I tend to agree with you. Like, I don't know that he makes it, but I think because they are, you know, you have Armstrong who, who's a five-year vet, but has never been a full-time starter. Yeah. You have, you know, a rookie who, you know, regardless of any rookie needs development, right? Like yeah. it's going to need development. You have Golson, Golson who, year. again, people love him, but I mean, he hasn't, ex- he hasn't played a lot of minutes, no. you know? So, so you kind of have this, this, as we've talked about this, almost like vacuum right there and, and having somebody who's played those types of minutes, I think that's why they like him. Um, but that's just, that's just me trying to figure it out. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, yeah it's just, definitely. you know, um, but I, there, there's so many question marks of how they're going to start and not start. And, you know, anyway, um, you know, another one is Ben DiNucci. No, I'm, I'm not even going to bring his name up. I don't, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise anybody. It wouldn't surprise anybody and at all anyway, but I'm I just had to he's say still on the roster. I, I am too. I am too, actually. And I, I don't know what to think about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so another guy, you know, we, we've talked about all these, these people we sign. Look, Ryan Null is a, is a potential cut too, mm-hmm. right? Like they brought in this, this fullback who, you know, again, if you're looking at money and you're looking at progression, you have Ralston, who's almost the same size as this guy. And he's just sitting there, you know, they could have signed this fullback and end up cutting him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's not a big signing. Like, I'm not going to say it's a huge surprise, but it, like, these are the little other cuts that, that we do have to pay attention to. Yeah. Right. Because some of these cuts are how they cut certain play positions is how they're going to over. We, it gives us a sign when we start looking at our 53 man projections of what they're going to load up on and what they're going to go thin on. Right. So when you start seeing a guy like, a raw get cut, right? Or, or a, um, a Fowler get cut, right? It means that they believe they have something there at that position and they don't have something somewhere else that they want to add to, mm-hmm. right? Because f- for all intents and purposes, Fowler is a veteran who has played some good, has played a couple of really good seasons, yeah. who, knows, who knows the NFL, right? So why wouldn't you keep that even as depth? Mm-hmm. So, so if you cut a guy like Fowler or, or anybody, you have to look at a different position that they may think they're thin in. And so that's why we talk about like who's surprising cuts, who's not. It isn't just about, oh my God, this guy doesn't fit or that we have better players than that. Sometimes it's a numbers game mm-hmm. and some guys, they can sneak on a practice squads. Some guys they can do, they have to cut and resign. There's, you know, there's a numbers game to this and, and yep. less like the cap. It's way less flexible, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, like you cannot manipulate the, the 90 man roster 
without potentially taking some serious hits, right? Yeah. And when I say manipulate, like, oh, I'm going to try to sneak this guy in a practice squad. Well, I'll tell you now, 31 other teams watch every other team's practice squad for that just to happen. Yep. Oh, you're trying to you're trying to sneak, I don't know, Cooper Rush out there? Bet I now have your backup quarterback because he's better than my backup quarterback, right? Like it happened to the Cowboys. Uh, man, I can't remember the year. Uh, Romo was the quarterback and Matt Moore. Mm-hmm. Um, they played Matt Moore a lot in the preseason and he balled out and he had a lot of potential. And the Cowboys said, you know, what? we'll put him on the practice squad so he can develop a little bit. Put him on the, we cut him immediately claimed by the Carolina Panthers. They were like, or they could sneak him back on. Yeah. Yeah. immediately they were like you put this guy out here for all of us to see and we were watching so mm-hmm. i don't know why you were trying to sneak this guy on and it happens and, every year yeah. it, it mm-hmm. happens every year to teams so you'll see them you'll hear it in the news like somebody pulled x player and you know you're just like how did that happen well that's how it happened that exact scenario is how that happens when you're just like why would they try to practice squad that guy and you're like oh well he he had an ankle injury and in mini camp, you know, or whatever. And so they just were like, oh, we can stash him. Well, some other player was like, I really want that guy. Yeah. He's available. I'm wait patient enough to wait for him. And so they'll sign it. It's a mess. But think think of these things, guys, as as we get to this training camp and they start looking at numbers and they start moving positions and cuts do happen. Cause it could be that they're to, to Joseph's point, maybe they do carry two or three centers. You, you know what? You want to know a really good one? Um, just last year, we're, everybody knows we're on HBO Hard Knocks. And one of the big stories was on Hard Knocks was uh, Kamara um, and his family being from Africa and him trying to make the team. And it just, he didn't deserve to make the team. If we're just being completely honest with each other, he did not deserve to make the team. I'm not saying I know this he happened. He did deserve to make the practice squad, though. Yes, he was he good did. enough well, to make the practice squad, absolutely. for sure. He deserved to make the practice squad. But I'm not saying this happened. I don't have inside knowledge. But HBO made a very big thing about mm-hmm. him making the active roster. And it very well could have been a handshake agreement between the Cowboys and HBO to give them that storyline. And the one person who got replaced didn't make the team Rondell Carter yep was offered a contract to go to the practice squad and rejected it and signed with a different team yep and apparently the worry is he was not happy with the Cowboys right so that's a risk you run too when you try to play politics with the, with, with the roster yep yep so so those are why it again when we look at this we are also looking at the positions too right so if you have a bunch of wide receivers you trust you may be able to keep a Dante Fowler or you may be able to keep an extra position at guard right or you, or a position that you're like man I'm, I'm I thought I was strong at safety I I need to keep more safeties on the roster right like that's how this works and then you have to play the game of if I let this guy go is he going to get picked up and then you got to play the game of who's cutting, who's getting cut on other teams, right? Because every once in a while, a team will do something like that. Let's say this great linebacker got injured in training camp. Well, a team will see that and be like, oh, you know what? That's a 12-week injury. My linebacking core is pretty good. I plan on pushing for the playoffs. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to stash them. Yeah. 
right? Like that happens sometimes too. They will find a player and stash that player for a year waiting for him to get healthy because they believe in that player that much more so mm-hmm. than they believe in whoever on their roster. So it could be a one week injury to tell you the truth. And they're mm-hmm. like, you know what? I are, we're going to yep. stash you for next we're year. We're going to stash you for next year. Yep. And they will stash players. So, so these are all little things. That's why when we talk when not just us, but when all people start talking cuts, like consider it, not just a, this guy's not good enough. Right. Or this guy is it's not necessarily, especially as you get towards that, like middle to end of roster. It's not always about the best guy. Yeah. Right. It's it's a not today. It could be about the best guy they believe in two years, three years. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. And and so they they play this game of how can we build the best roster, not just for today, but for the future. But we also have our anyway. Kind of like the draft process, man. You start you yeah. look for traits, you look yep. for traits and you say, OK. You know, this guy might be, not be ready where this guy is ready or more ready, but the guy who we know for sure is not ready, he has the potential to be a lot better down the line. As long as he goes scheme over talent. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Did I? <laughs> right? You got to fit, fit the players to your scheme, Dan. Yeah, yeah, right. You, you can't adjust the scheme. God, I can't believe we did that. Anywho. I'll, God dang, that's still, that'll always get me. So, the team so is what wins it, not the players. Yeah, right. So, we've got a couple of minutes. Um, I'm not, I don't want, we don't really have a lot of draft talk yet because the games haven't really started and, and mm-hmm. there's a whole, still a whole bunch of NIL stuff shaking out. But I did want to kind of bring up a quick point that I am interested to see how this NIL works for early out players going into the NFL. Over the last couple of years, we've seen guys come out sophomore, junior years. Now, if you're getting paid $5 million, like we just saw somebody go to Texas, or I think it was Texas, to play football, is that going to potentially change the way we look at our drafts? Because this junior, this sophomore that may have come out is now going to stay for that money. It's guaranteed money. You're Do they going stay? to have... You're going to have this, Dan. You're going to have players <clears throat> who would normally leave after their sophomore or junior year because they don't want to risk injury. They want to get their paychecks. They want to get to the NFL as soon as possible, you know, start the career, elongate the career, elongate their earnings, more max earnings. You're going to have those players in the past who did that, who are going to stay and possibly play all four or five if they are redshirt years not only because, like, hey, I'm financially secure right now playing in college, but depending on where they're projected to go in the draft, might be, might be taking a pay cut to go yeah. to the NFL. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, it's just a conversation to have because it's also going to change the dynamics of the drafts, right? Because yeah. to be honest, some of these sophomores and juniors, a sophomore guy may want, may wait to come out in the junior year because his sophomore year is stacked at wide receiver, yep. but his next year won't be. And so he'll pr- get projected a higher, higher thing. Right. So what now could happen is if you're having more and more players wait, you're going to get really strong drafts at sometimes like really ridiculously mm-hmm. strong drafts and some really awful drafts right if that pattern stays the same and so i just wanted to kind of bring it up because we talked the draft here and how this plays out over the next year to two years 
could change the way we have to look at draft, the a draft in general. Yes, you're still going to grade players. Yes, they're going to find perfect matches and fits. But what this does now is now you're putting these whole bunch of seniors and probably juniors, right? Mm-hmm. You're now putting these guys up and saying, okay, they've had three years in college now. I don't have that question anymore that they only played one productive year in college, yeah. right? Like some of these questions that we normally ask about their production in college and their development in college is going to probably change slightly, yeah. right? Um, their, their levels of competition are going to change probably, you know, so I just kind of interesting. I wanted to throw it out there because I was, I was thinking about it today. I saw somebody post something about, or yesterday about the NIL. And I was just thinking to myself, I'm like, you know, if I'm a player who's projected in the fourth round junior year and I'm making 5 million a year, I may sit. Yeah. I may sit in college. Like that's what hit my head. I was like, man, like give me another year. Let me develop. See if I can't elevate my draft status and I'll carry that money. I'll be making like, I'm in, you know what I mean? It's not only going to change the landscape of college football. It's going to change the landscape of the draft, the NFL draft, like you're saying, and, and the pros, because Mm -hmm. I think you're going to get a lot more kids that are 22, 23, 24 coming out of college. More wear on the tires, which which is a huge thing in the NFL, but by the same token, it may help prolong certain players' careers. Yeah. Right. Because now you're getting older players into the league. It anyway, it it will help some of these older players be an extra year or two within the NFL. It'd be Um, interesting to see what it does to running backs. That's the big one, right? That's the big one. If I was a running back, I'd still go out and leave out early. That might that might be the one position because yeah. they it's they're showing now the more tread the the higher risk of injury so yeah. I don't know it'll be interesting to watch but I wanted to kind of put it out there because we do talk the draft and Absolutely. there's not a lot of draft talk going on right now so you know well we got training camp in like three four weeks so we do I'm excited gonna- coming out to Oxnard Oxnard I will be there. Nice, nice. draft coverage uh so if you don't follow me follow me on twitter at vj massey uh next month i'll get out there at least a day and um do some live updates and i don't got the the special passes so i won't get that many great <laughs> videos or pictures for you guys but i'll give you guys some uh good uh good info on how people are doing and who's kind of standing out in my opinion and then when we uh when they flip back to uh, to Frisco, Dan, that'll be me. That'll be yep. me, Dan. Dan that'll Dan be me. That. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of cool since we're we literally both live in those areas, so mm-hmm. we can we can kind of do that. Um, and I, we'll, we'll see. We'll we'll see what kind of videos I can I can snag. I probably won't be on the field, but we'll see what we can try to pull off. You're probably and, and just being in the star is going to give you better quality than it is. Oxnard, Oxnard's outside. The sun's going to be shining bright. You're not, you know, I mean, this the sun's going to obviously affect the camera, uh, the, the quality yeah. of the photo. Um, and the way so. they set up the star is like an actual stadium, so you're on, yep. you know, theater seating and all that stuff. So anyway, we'll we'll take it. Um, of course, you can find me at Dan underscore Rupert R U. P-P-E-R-T. Uh, of course, Joseph mentioned earlier, you can find me on FanSided at SportDFW. Um, Joseph, you know, you're at the J.A. Massey. 
Right. Um, do you want to ask how's law school going? Ah, how's- it's going good. I'm doing uh, summer classes right now. Um, and then uh, that'll be over next month. And then I will have about a month off and then start the fall. So uh, it's going two years left, two years left at this at- time, this time in 2024 so in this time in two years i will have graduated law school with a jd nice be preparing for the bar because the bar will be in july um of 2024 so and and what kind of law is it again uh well it's just just general um going for my uh the jd the juris doctorate and i haven't figured out what exact type of law i'm gonna do um but uh you know with I'm really interested in constitutional law and obviously there's been a lot of huge decisions in the Supreme court. We won't get into the politics on the show, but uh, that's stuff I'm, I'm actually really interested in. Um, so stuff like that. I was going to say, we should get you into contract law and see if we can't get you to take over. There we go. I would, I, man, I would love to work for the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys or, or be an agent for somebody or something like that. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just, absolutely. I'm just saying we, we, we might need a new cap specialist. I'm just, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll be all of that and just be like reminding Stephen, Hey, Stephen, Hey, good morning. Just want to let you know, just want to remind you it's, it's not real. It's not real. The cap's not real. Okay. Just wanted to, good morning. It's not real. And that's all every day. I call him late at night. Hey, Steven, Steven, Steven. It's not real. It's not real. So you can see. <laughs> so, oh, that, man, that's that would, great. That would my, I would love to have that job just to be his constant reminder of the cap's not real. <laughs> oh, man, you'd be fired in like a week. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Um, so I, uh, do one, my little piece of news is my daughter had her granddaughter. Yeah, uh, had her on Tuesday of last week. Adorable. Um, thank you, thank you. Yeah, she's uh she's amazing. And um, I just found out that I now have a third grandchild on the way. Oh um, man, that's awesome! Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. So now my my third, um, the gender will be revealed at a later date. Um, I think I know it already, but. That's neither here nor there. Uh, it'll be revealed at a later date. <laughs> there we go. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, hopefully you guys have a great Fourth of July. Um, you know, stay safe. You know, people are out there drinking, doing silly, stupid stuff, and maybe you're one of them. Just don't drive, please. Yeah. Um, and, and and if you're gonna drink a lot, please don't use fireworks. I mean, good lord. I think Jason Pierre Paul speaks for all of us. Mm-hmm. um but no seriously like i've i've been hit by one like they hurt <laughs> i'm gonna tell you now they hurt uh but just be safe guys seriously um yes. and if you remember to take care of your mentals um you know if you if you need to talk we're always available and um Absolutely. just if got any got any parting words before we peace out no just the same thing man just be careful this weekend take care of your mentals reach out to us i know um me and dan our dms are always open we just want to talk just say hey um, I need to talk about this neat event. Uh, we're we're available, so definitely just enjoy enjoy your weekend. And-